Listeners of the Reject Nation, TV agents of the Reject Nation, welcome back. We are here once again to discuss Loki Season 2, Episode 2 today, Breaking Brad, Coy, Greg, and myself giving our immediate thoughts just having finished the episode. As always, if you'd like to see the reaction highlights, you can check those out at youtube.com slash therealrejects. Or if you'd like to get the complete experience, sync up with your own copy of Loki and enjoy the full episode alongside Coy, Greg, and myself, that is available at patreon.com slash therealrejects. And, 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 if you'd like to support the channel and get a little bit of swag in the process some loki swag no less uh, along with a whole bunch of other interesting and fun designs go on over to rejectnationshop.com that's your one-stop shop for uh, all the reject nation swag that we have to offer designed in-house and uh yeah there's some cool stuff in there so uh, check it out and uh, while you do that let's get into the review Roll the, the the thing. You know what to do. In the midst of movie and TV show reactions, leaving such a busy schedule around here, who's got time to prep gourmet meals? Well, that's where Factor steps in. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, delivering fresh, never-frozen meals right to your door. Take a look at Factor's Gourmet Plus lineup. Their three-bean vegan chili, a symphony of toasted spices and veggies, and the coconut lime curry tofu, it's tropical and tantalizing. All the gourmet feels ready in just two minutes. All right, about diving into some roasted veggie and pesto tortellini? Perfectly roasted veggies with cheese tortellini, all draped in a creamy basil spinach pesto. Salivating, just playing that footage back. Now, while I'm a plant-powered individual, I got the mother-in-law staying with us right now. So with that in mind, for those who fancy meats, the sun-dried tomato chicken and black pepper and sage pork chop are rave-worthy. With Factors Gourmet Plus, even my hectic days get a gourmet touch. No more grocery runs, just pure deliciousness. So you ready to elevate your food game reject nation? Jump into Factor75.com or click below with Real Rejects 50. You're in for a 50% off treat with your first box. Dive into the gourmet life, people. Do you think you'll be in tomorrow, though? Yeah. Cool. Cool. Aww. Is your mom on her way to pick you up? Uh, she'll be here. I'm good. Oh, he crushing. Make a choice. You have free will to choose. Oh. Are you a hero or a villain? Let's talk about it, guys. Beautiful. Let's talk about it. All righty, guys. Well, if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, we uh, just watched Loki Season 2, Episode 2. We're going to talk about it right now. Please rate the video. Uh, but before we do that... Ooh, ladies and gentlemen, um, thank you again to everyone who has been buying some Reject apparel Ooh. at www.rejectnationshop.com. Um, I'm finally wearing this one. This is RR. This is like the rating system. Like it's great. Yeah, it's really comfortable. One. I got a different color. I feel like I, I mainly got the black ones. Yeah. We are full of so crude like language, this one. Uh, bad jokes, and nipple chills. And then we also got, uh, we're selling these as well, these uh, Marvel-inspired yeah, yeah, yeah. t-shirts as well. They're not Marvel-inspired. They're just straight up Marvel <laughs> right yeah, here. It's like a Loki tarot card. And John's all decked out. But of course, we got other ones like our recently launched uh, Ahsoka Snip Snip shirt. If you know, you know. And then we got our Child Protection Services shirt, as I like to call it. And, you know, we just got a whole bunch more. And we are creatively involved in them ourselves. So thank you, guys. One of the absolute best ways to support the channel is by rocking some RR merch, showing you are a true citizen of the Reject Nation. But yeah, guys, let's kick it off. All right, let's do this. Uh, let's go. Coy, what would you rate it out of 10? Out of 10, this episode, 7. Yeah. Okay. okay. John? Like uh, 7.8. All right. I'm going to go 7.5. Whoa, okay. I'm the okay. one. That's wow. why I'm sitting in the middle. Why you asked me first. Actually, the shill. Negative Nancy. Right. Right. John's, John's the highest right. one here. That's right. All right. 
Go, John. And I won't drink my cheese. Go. go. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, like, uh, this episode definitely had uh, a slightly more, um, what am I trying to say? Like, the, the plot beats of this episode do maybe feel a bit like, oh, crap, we're already dealing with certain things. But um, I've just been so enthralled by the atmosphere they've been going for, the tone, the the percolating dread, but just the general sense of, like, something is off, something is wrong. I we can't tell what it is, but it's something close by. It's something in the room. I think they're good at drawing that air of mystery and that air of paranoia and uh, and and immediacy for this. And so, uh, yeah, like the whole fun. Like I thought it was a really fun game with Brad that ultimately led into and paid off with everything with. Sylvie, and now it seems like we're certainly kind of getting off to. It's like I feel like the first episode established like the tonal and the broader stakes of the season, and now this episode seems like it's kind of honing in on like some of the more immediate stakes. Um, and so yeah, like you know, there are certain plot beats I think could have been maybe a little, a bit of eh, a little bit more smooth. Um, but you know, as just an unfolding chapter of this journey, I couldn't be more enthralled, <laughs> and uh, I love. The prospect of Casey and Ouroboros, you know, like working together and all those things. Uh, yeah, there's there's so much to this episode that I loved. So anything that was maybe a little bit like uh, that I might have been a little taken aback by timing wise, you know, was all pretty much compensated for in other ways and in some moments of true tension and true thrill and all that stuff. So. That's a fair point. Fair point. Asian persuasion. That's right. Obi and Casey. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Koi, son. I thought, yeah, they referred to me as the Asian persuasion. I was very confused. Then you went with the Koi now we're back to confusion. I uh, <laughs> I dropped it down a little because I the first episode's like, a, I didn't know we were using decimals, but first episode, if decimal, <laughs> would be like a 9-8. Like, first episode was damn near perfect for me. Uh, I did find this episode, it had to do some time jumps in order to make the mystery work, and I did find that undermined the stakes for my experience personally. Uh, like, I would have preferred to have a little bit more coherence between leaving Brad and then Brad jumping in, and I understood that that is how the mystery unraveled and how they made it all work, but it did feel like by the time we got to the stakes, there was only five minutes of the episode left, and the weight of the prune felt like, wait, out of nowhere, that's what they're doing? Like, the timeline of the episode didn't seem to line up with the timeline of the things happening. Like, there was the mystery of Sylvie, there was his nervousness, and then it was like, we have to make sure it has stakes, all of a sudden it's like, they're pruning immediately. And the causality of their mission didn't seem to line up with the actual events occurring. Like, I, I think that that would have occurred whether the mystery happened or not. It, it was like that was happening in another room, so it would have still mm. been, unless they solved it a little faster, it, it just, it, the juxtaposition of the, the A plot and B plot felt like it left some to be desired, in a big enough way to drop it a two-point uh, system for me. I loved the scenes uh, of like just two people talking, like I always do with this show. I really enjoyed the pie scene. Really enjoyed seeing Raphael Cassell get to like act uh, his eyeballs out opposite Tom Hiddleston. That scene um, of them playing like chess mentally was a blast. I did go from Owen Wilson is pretending to him actually being afraid Loki was going to get away with something. Uh, I thought the mischief had, had actually gotten to the point where Loki might have done something evil and like Lo uh, Mobius had been like, only go this far, and then he went further. That that was what I meant by like him pushing him. So. Uh, it's just something felt not quite as tight as the first episode's like precision. This did feel like it was a 10 minute longer edit that was missing some things that built the tension more naturally enough that it dropped down some for me. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with everyone's points. <laughs> I do. I, think I, agree, I, think I agree with everything you guys are saying. Uh, this, 
the, the, I love the acting in it. Um, yeah. Th- that was like probably my favorite aspect of it. The acting in particular was great. What's that actor's name that you love? Raphael for? Cassell. Raphael Dude, Cassell. Blind Spotting. If you've never seen Blind Spotting, that's where he's oh, from. Yeah, dude. He's Blind Spotting. God damn it. I could yeah. not place it. He's and he's the such other a good guy off the V Diggs. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're like, they go way back into I the bay together. Could, they got, they've been making music I and movies together forever. I could not place it. Dude, I love that guy. Well, that Damn. makes a lot more sense now because one thing I was, I, I think I said it out loud was I was. There should be more the, rapping. The, yeah, I was Clearly. like, there's the rhymes. Uh, it was the, the, the rhythm of the dialogue. Oh, yeah, he yeah. definitely has a rhythm. Yeah, no, like the, there's, there is such great scene work with the rhythm and, and the back and forth. And I like how a lot of this just feels like actual scene work with uh, a true, true life to it. You know, going back to like Secret Invasion, that was one of the compliments we would give it. But here, there's actual like, it's more like jazz in this time around, you know? I feel like Kevin Feige watched a bunch of movies he liked and he was like, all right, we got everything ever all at once is uh, OB. We got uh, Blind Spotting. Like, I feel like he watched stuff and was like, let's bring them into Marvel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the cinematography, again, does still stay consistent in terms of really shining. There's a lot of awesome symmetry throughout. Uh, But I... I was taken aback by because I thought when we first saw we first saw him as Yatra, I was like, "Oh, this must be his life before he was turned." You know, a very I think that was converted. an intentional mislead. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that's what it was going to be, and then oh, he just was, has been here, and then to go from the first episode where it was really, f- if you kind of the only example I'm going to do, it, it's not really a comparison; it's really just to to present an example. If you look at the first season, you know, one thing to get us. Um, focused was we need to find out who is this hunter who this mysterious hunter who's killing other variants right mm-hmm. that was like the the main mission at hand as we grow out the rest of the mysteries in the world and then the last episode was really focused on chaos is happening king is coming he who remains other variants of him are coming and i actually feel like this episode started kind of losing sight of that focus mm-hmm. and started becoming about like what are these other tva members doing and if we're is a, they're 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 providing these like melancholic moments and and these like harrowing bits, especially towards the end, that conceptually yeah do sound like really bleak and dire, uh, but it doesn't really hit when uh, it, at the end of the day I am just look as an audience member I'm just there's a lot I'm I'm keeping up with and there's a lot that I'm paying attention to and I'm just looking at a line. <laughs> you know, when yeah. I, when I, when the, the like and the acting is, is like, 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 like the, that's what I mean. The acting is really good. Yeah, like from B fifteen, everyone is great in that moment. Um, but I, I'm like, sure, it, it is, it is that kind of like jaded thing that a lot of us feel like with with real life news. You know, yeah. Uh, when you get inundated <laughs> with stimuli, and you're like, okay, seventy two people died. You don't feel the weight of the seventy two people, much yeah. less billions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as as messed up as it is to say something like that, it's just the truth of, of the matter. And so, to me, there were just things about the pacing that were just feeling a little bit questionable to me towards, the, especially towards the end, because like they really took their time with interrogating Brad. So they really took their time there. Mm-hmm. I but feel like it, they saw the gold they had, and then the episode had to be a certain length. So they cut other st- like it just yeah. felt like paste wrong. And it's like they introduced like oh, the TVA. Here's what they're really doing. Doc's doing this, and the, uh, okay, I guess they they took care. They took out them really fast. Uh, these are the end of her loyalists. Yeah. I'm like, but there's no real weight to here. We just kind of feel like we just kind of rushed through this. This episode. and now we're supposed to feel this like. Gravitas, this gravity of the, all these deaths that just happened. Yeah. Like we were but there was no real feel. build. Yeah, there was no real build up into it. This episode had two. This felt like 
two episodes worth of major plot lines at least yeah. boiled into one because yeah. you could have done all the Brad's st- like the Brad stuff started to feel to me kind of like it could have flirted with being akin to that uh, She-Hulk episode where she goes and sees Donnie Blaze yeah. or whatever like it, that it, that could have been this not that it had to be but then also you get to that boss battle at the end and that is a huge piece of stakes and I think yeah seeing the lions shrivel up would have hit a lot harder in an episode about that. Yeah, if, you, if, they were, if, it was a, if it was a race against to prevent that, if the episode yeah. was focused on that. Because we didn't even know that was our race. Yeah, we didn't even know the until like clock. five minutes yeah. before. The ticking yeah. clock just ended. Like yeah. we, we got to the 11th hour of a ticking I, I clock. I thought it was going to end on the cliffhanger of that. And Which then, I would have liked better than episode third, three. three. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I guess this just happened. And I'm like, okay, now we've got a whole new bag of worms we got to deal with. Mm. Um, but so and, much and work I, that I can't drop it below a seven. But that's huge. No, yeah, I, I would still recommend. I, I still liked it uh, because there's t- there's so many great acting moments in here. And while the emotional beats maybe don't hit as strong, and I, I mean, I, I was never quite believing. It was like, yeah, I mean, we know Brad's eventually going to give up the information. So I like that they're taking their time. And again, it's really good scene work. Um, and and I like what they're setting up, especially with Mobius, of him discovering his past and, and the asking the existential questions and the flipperoo too, like. You know, some of the most talked about moments of season one was them just sitting across from each other, having conversations about the philosophies of life and existence yeah. and purpose and what and and then, you know, that I, I like the lived in conversation that Mobius is presenting about, you know, if I'm bad, my life before I'm bad, I could live with that. But if I'm good, like, oh, I'd be missing. There's like that fear of missing out. Yeah. I thought that was really strong and more compelling, you know, mm-hmm. as, as opposed to the opposite of. But if I'm bad, do I want to know that? I'm like, oh, now that it, it would mess with you. you know, it's like, I, but I have a purpose here as Mobius. If that was yeah. the A-B plot, I would have been really happy yeah. with this episode. And then I like the idea of ending on a cliffhanger and then starting the episode with the ramifications so you have the weight to it. It's literally like, make this episode yeah. 40 minutes without the last 10. <laughs> and then open, like, I just the pacing really changed the stakes for me. This this and, was interesting because I thought, like, the character and, the like, the, the tonal, the spiritual writing was really good. But, yeah, like, the, the nuts and bolts plot writing w- wasn't as good. And, uh. Uh, I I have some questions about Sylvie, uh, because she, super there, size. There's no. Uh, I feel like there should be some level of accountability that she's not taken at all, like whatsoever. I think and, it's and, her being. Uh, and, and Loki doesn't even seem at all perturbed by, like, hey, like that would have been the first. Like, there's a lot happening because, because you chose you, you chose to do this. You kicked me out. You know. Yeah. I think she's and, keeping and, him at bay because and he's of that. just like still soft. Yeah, I think that him. dam will break. I, I hope so. I don't really break. feel an intent. I don't really feel like there's anything building within Loki about that. What she did. But I do oh, feel see, like... I, I felt a lot of that initial sort of like shy... I mean, like there's all of that history there, but also like I don't want to mess this situation up because there's probably a hope of rekindling some of that from before. So you don't want to just charge in gung-ho with like, you know... Your accountability for this chaos that's raining Ooh, right sure. now. Yeah, you that's know? fair. Like he's I trying could... to fix their relationship before he's like, well, but we should talk about that thing. That's if fair. they don't unpack that, though, I would be upset, yes. If, if it doesn't happen in the next coming episodes. But, like, just getting her back, just having them meet, like, I, I kind of expected it to be like, yeah, there will be other stuff at hand this episode, and they'll have tension, but that'll get resolved later. But I can understand you wanting it just because it is such a huge deal and it is like it is affecting all of time and space essentially. So part of me is like, yeah, it's fair to expect somebody to just jump out and be like, do you realize what's happening right now? I do hope the next episode is about their relationship enough to flesh out those issues and uh, to ground things a bit more. 
And uh, and then I guess the last thing to think about, um, I mean, I don't really want to spend too much time on it, is when you are seeing the craziness that's happening across the, the multiverse, I can't help but go, has has this been affecting stuff that was happening in Phase 4? <laughs> you know, I still think that there's multiple Maybe. timelines we've met. Uh, yeah. I, st- I mean, one of those prune timelines might be like the only place the Celestials exist. And they <laughs> there goes the, the one Eternals. where that guy's sticking out of the sea. I love yeah, that yeah, movie, yeah. but nobody else did, so let's prune <laughs> the Eternals. Don't worry, don't worry. It's on its own timeline. Just, it's the well, whole its own anymore. universe. Maybe not anymore. They just got quite I got questions. It's like you got to at the end of the day because it's connected. Conceptually that's all the sacred timeline which is what's safe, conceptually. Sure. But I do think there's going to be a discovery of there being multiple timelines that we have already met. Yeah, yeah. And I think Deadpool's going to deal with that. All right. Well, still overall plenty to really like, um, but and I, and I think the the parts of it that don't hit it as strong only really cast a, a shadow because the first episode was so strong that when something's not quite clicking, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, I, I mean, I seven out of ten is not bad. I just noticed. Yeah, yeah. Still, rec- if it was Rotten Tomatoes, you would still be like, "That's still fresh, still fresh, pass. It's still fresh." fresh. Still but when you say grade. seven out of ten, you're like, "Whoa, low." But if you're like seventy percent, Rotten, you're like, "Fresh, yeah." yeah. Seven out of ten is deceptive because seven out of ten is like that's pretty good. But if you go like by school rating, like that's a C. That's a C. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, hey, that's average. We have a public education system problem yeah, in this country. Yeah. It's an average score. Yeah. Yes. All right, guys, we'll leave your thoughts down below on what you thought of Loki Season 2, Episode 2. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Before we exit out, let's do a pick. All right, John, we got to play catch-up here Ooh. since we're behind on shout-outs, and there's only so many days left in the month. we got to shout-out two patrons. Of course. I have an idea. I want to see how strong ChatGBT would be at replacing <laughs> a generated script here. Excellent. So I'm going to need you to pick two people here. All right, all right, here we go. Let's do, uh, let's do David Gandy. Okay. And let's do Adelia Chamberlain. Uh, David Gandy and Adelia Chamberlain. All right, but we're going to need to give ChatGPT some information about what we know. I mean, they've been patrons for a very long time, so we, we've gotten to know them quite a bit. Sure, sure. All right, so how would you describe... Okay, hold on a second. All right, all right. Um, I, need to, I need you to create a scene um, of two characters interacting. Just want the dialogue. Just want the dialogue. Stickomythia. A what? Stickamythia is a script where it's just dialogue. You knew I would not know what that is. Stickamythia? You don't have to tell. You don't. It's fine. Uh, I didn't even spell <laughs> I'm that not shit. Sure how to spell it. Jeez, you can only say words you know how to spell. That's okay. Fine. Got a stickamythia, if you will. <laughs> and you will. Here's their personalities. Okay. All right, let's go with David Gandy. How would you describe David Gandy? David Gandy is uh, soft-spoken, calm and collected. Calm, collected. Uh, uh, he's uh, selfless. Selfless. Very caring. Plays guitar. Does martial arts. Does martial arts. He's a photographer. Photographer. Mm-hmm. And lives in Arizona. Got hella action figures. Got a bunch of action figures. Loves old movies. Yeah, cinema. Cinephile. Cinephile. What do you think David Gandy would be dressed up as on Halloween? Ooh, David Gandy would be dressed up as Indiana Jones. Dressed up as Indiana Jones for Halloween. Now, Adelia Chamberlain. Yes. How would you describe her personality? Uh, uh, Adelia Chamberlain is um, uh, uh, fiercely loyal. Fiercely loyal. She's uh, resourceful and intelligent. Resourceful 
intelligent, creative, creative, just. likes to write, loves to read books. Yes. Liberal. Yeah, has a good moral compass. Strong moral compass. Yeah. Shy. Shy, yeah. Um, uh, but also uh, geeky, definitely. Attentive. Attentive, but also geeky. Like really into a lot of different uh, pop culture things. Cinephile as well. Loves Dune. Also cinephile. What would she be for Halloween? Oh, um, uh, uh, what's her name? Elastigirl. Elast- dressed as Elastigirl. From... Uh, from the Incredibles for Halloween. All righty. <laughs> Here's their personalities and have them meeting each other or catching up while bumping into one another during trick or treating. Ooh, yeah. I love it. Let's I see. Love this theme. All right. Setting. A dimly lit suburban street lined with old oaks and leaf-covered sidewalks. Children laugh and scream in the distance. The soft glow from lanterns and jack-o'-lanterns gives a hallowed ambience to the chilly Halloween evening. All right, I'm going to play David. All right, I will be Adelia. All right, remember, David is dressed as Indiana Jones. Sure. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see you there. <sighs> it's all right. I was just... Lost in the world of Arrakis, in my mind. You're Indiana Jones, right? That I am. And you, Elastigirl from The Incredibles? I appreciate the attention to detail. Well, thank you. It's one of my favorite movies. Pixar's masterpiece, if you ask me. Though, you seem to have a classic taste. Harrison Ford in his prime. I do love the classics. This is compelling dialogue. <laughs> yes. There's a certain charm in old movies. You ever sit down with an old film reel? And just lose yourself in the monochrome world. I love you when characters talk about themselves as characters. Uh, absolutely. They have a timeless beauty. Although, I'm more of a bookworm. There's something about cinema that's utterly captivating. I can under Weirdly, this is how they would talk to oh. each other. I can understand that. I like to capture moments with my camera. Arizona <laughs> landscapes, mostly. But anything that tells a story. Accurate. Uh, Arizona, that's far from here. What brought you to this neighborhood tonight? Visiting family. And I couldn't resist the allure of trick-or-treating in classic suburbia. <laughs> the landscapes are one thing, but the memories are something else. I write to capture those memories, to build worlds and craft tales. But speaking of stories, you must have some tales from your martial arts <laughs> journey. <laughs> That I am very aware of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all about balance. <laughs> Much like the strings on my guitar. True. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Do you play any instruments? <laughs> no, but I can craft a narrative around them. <laughs> I've always admired people with a musical touch. By the way, I couldn't help but notice the action figures <laughs> peeking from your bag. Wow, it's just like when Marvel's like, insert this. <laughs> yep. Let's give me that last line again, John. Yeah, I just couldn't help but uh, notice the action figures peeking from your bag. That's guilty as charged. <laughs> They're all, all for me, I promise. Some are for my younger cousins. <laughs> Although I might be keeping that vintage Han Solo. <laughs> you might get mugged. It's all right. We all have our inner geek. 
Speaking of which, have you read Dune? Only once, but I've watched the old movie adaptation, a masterpiece in its own right. Ah, another point of connection. <laughs> I believe this Halloween might just be the start of a beautiful cinephile friendship with a sprinkle of geekiness on top. Too many more conversations under the soft glow of movie projectors. Oh, both characters continue their journey down the lane, their silhouettes slowly merging into the evening haze, bonded by their shared passions. Oh my god, we have everything to worry about. Oh, AI do. replacing. This is all this, this is, is ready to go. Green light this, this now. This is Aaron Sorkin material at its <laughs> finest. Yeah, man. This Holy is gonna be crap. in theaters next week. Uh well. And now I know what it would be like if David and Adelia ever met in person. Yeah, definitely. 